When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you gonna fucking cry? Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Kelsey Weekman, and you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture. And before we get into the show, I do want to warn all of y'all listeners that I have once again fallen ill, and I will probably sound like shit at some time during this recording. I'm not sorry, but I would like to warn you if I sound congested, you're hearing correctly. But back to the most important thing. Today, I'm welcoming back one of my all-time faves, BuzzFeed Internet Culture reporter Kelsey Weekman. Kelsey, Hello! Hi! For the record, I think you sound amazing, but I'm using my Peloton headphones, so I can't really hear anything. <laughs> okay, humble brag. <laughs> it is It is here. It is sitting here. Is it doing anything? No. But Okay, but that's all that matters is that it's there. Okay, yeah, okay. It's got a symbol. <laughs> um, now, I know I said you're one of my faves, and you are. I told Moises this last time I saw him, but despite the fact that y'all are maybe, like, at most a year younger than me. I feel so deeply proud whenever I see you on my timeline. I'm just like, those are my babies. They're doing so well. That being said, I do have a bone to pick with you. You ruined my life the last time you were on the show. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you remember what we were talking about? Do you remember what you did? <laughs> I remember what I did. I introduced you to Mr. Beast. And actually that happened right before Mr. Beast became a true scourge upon my life. <laughs> So he, listen, he was TLDR. He was in the news again. I wrote about it. His fans hacked my voicemail um, and got a bunch of recordings of robocalls of my car's extended warranty expiring. <laughs> so that wasn't really successful on their part, but I'm not sorry. You shouldn't be sorry. Um, I have questions to, to ask about that, but <laughs> you you said that episode was before he became a scourge on your life. That was before he became a scourge on all of our lives because for some reason, ever since that episode, I have not been able to escape him. Before that, I could fully honestly say I don't understand who this man is. And now I'm like, why is he everywhere? And the thing is, my listeners have also told me this and I'm blaming you for this. You've done something. You did oh something gosh. the last time you were on the show. What did you do? You I don't know. Did. I I feel like now it's my quest to like put him back and like the portal I released <laughs> him from, or maybe replace him with someone else. Whatever you need to do, put him back into the Pandora's box that he emerged out of to bring chaos upon the world. But why did his fans hack your voicemail? Listen, if, if you're listening to this, don't try it. Um, <laughs> but you can, you can. There are a lot of things you can hack just simply to like scare someone or be annoying about it. But again, I will be um, trying to replace him with another YouTuber in this timeline. Thank you for all of us. <laughs> Though I hope that whoever you replace him with is better than no than him. Probably um, will have to be worse. I'm sorry. Oh, well, mm, in that case, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> 
I don't know if it can get worse. I don't know if I can handle worse, Kelsey. I'm I'm fragile. I don't know if you can tell. Well, I can introduce you to something I love. Please, please tell me. I need it. Um, my crops are dying. My nose is full. <laughs> um, well, I know that you don't watch Succession and that we're going to get true. into this, but there's so much to love about it. And I'm really excited to explain my favorite part of Succession to you. I am also excited to hear about it. You already preempted what I was going to ask, which is that you're a succession girly. Um, Please tell me about your relationship with this show. When did it start? How did it start? How do you feel about it now? Are you sad that this is the final season? I'm very sad that this is the final season. I started watching it during the second season when people started posting about it. Um, I had no interest in the show at first. Anytime I see a certain number of white men in suits, I'm immediately skeptical. Um, I'm not sure if mm-hmm. that show is going to be for me. For instance, the show Suits I didn't like very much, <laughs> even though Meghan Markle was in it. And I wasn't seeing any future mm-hmm. royalty potential in any of the the commercials that I had seen. None of us could have guessed. No, no. But I would definitely say I, I identify as a succession girly. They sure got me um, with the show. I'm obsessed with several characters and I still don't know anything about business dealings. But Great, great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, you don't need yes, to. I don't, listen, what is a laugh curve? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I know it has something to do with economics. That's the only thing I retained from the macroeconomics course I almost failed. Okay, brag. She got into an economics course. I almost failed. It was a requirement to graduate. (laughs) It was not a brag. It's the opposite. But for those of you like me who also don't know what a Laffer Curve is and don't watch Succession, it is an HBO show that follows the trials and travails of the Roy family. So it's about the children of this aging billionaire named Logan Roy and the company that Logan founded, this company that his children expect him to hand down to one of them at some point. Hijinks ensue as tend to happens when nepotism is involved. We will get more into the specifics of the show, but I'm reminded of Succession for two reasons. One, as you said, the season premiere of the final season aired on Sunday night. And two, last week, an immaculate tweet crossed my timeline from one Kelsey Weekman. And it read, if you are a Kendall Roy stan or consider him to be your baby girl, please DM me for a story. Yes, I am serious. How serious were you? And how serious were the people who responded to you? Because a lot did. I it was deadly serious. I still am <laughs> deadly serious. And I would say that the people who responded to me were somehow even more serious than that. I got, wow. oh my gosh, dozens of DMs. I, I think I've crossed 100. I haven't even been looking in the message request section anymore, but lots and lots of people wanted to talk to me about Kendall That's Roy. That's beautiful. And Kendall Roy is one of the children of Logan Roy, correct? He sure is. He is the second oldest, um, and that is important because he's not technically the oldest, but he does have the most, like, oldest child mm-hmm, energy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We know. We know the pseudoscience. <laughs> As a middle child, we do know the pseudoscience. It's true. <laughs> okay, I'm really excited to dive into the wild world of Kendall Roy stands, but importantly, I do want to say we will be staying away from plot spoilers as much as possible because I haven't seen Secession and I maybe will at some point. Who knows? But basically, you're safe here. There's no spoilers. 
After a short break, Kelsey is going to explain to me why exactly the internet has latched onto this, you know, dark horse Nepo baby girl. More on that after a short break. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And I'm back with Kelsey Beekman. Before we get into, you know, the baby girl of it all, I need you, Kelsey, to do a brief explanation on the appeal of this show. Now, to be clear, before anybody, you know, gets mad, I have nothing against the session. I've watched approximately four episodes. The theme song slaps. Maybe one of the best theme songs I've heard since Living Single. I just never got into it. And people kept telling me I needed to get to like episode six of season one. So I keep thinking I'm going to go back and get to that episode six. And then I don't. But my general impression of the show is that it's about really rich, entitled people who are pretty unabashedly terrible. And that's the fun of it. Correct. I mean, that's the best explanation I can offer to you. I think that it's kind of like if Arrested Development had an NBA. <laughs> like, it's just, it's really funny. It's terrible people. It's very serious at times. In fact, it's mostly serious. It's technically a drama. Uh, but the interpersonal conflicts and the kind of plot lines on the show, very, mm -hmm. very serious. And because they are so serious, those funny moments 
are so mm-hmm. much better. And also when someone is very self-serious, but they're also like inherently goofy, that kind of magnifies the funniness it of does. it. But I think that it's this fascinating dynamic where because every character sucks so much, even the tiniest little morsel of something enjoyable, you're going to latch on to for days. At least that was my experience. I think I started liking it. It was a few episodes in. I remember specifically really not liking the first episode, but the characters, they got me. I hate them. I love them. Beautiful. So the characters are, we mentioned Kendall Roy, who is not the oldest child, but has oldest child energy. I, I'm going to try and name these characters based on like tweets and general conversation I've heard. Um, there's Shiv, which refers to a knife, but also is a person. Um, the only person. girl child, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, the youngest one who looks a lot like Macaulay Culkin, um, Rome, Roman, Roman, yes, Roman. Okay, actually, Shiv's the youngest. Oh. which I that came as a shock to me. He is the smallest. That's I'm sorry. Roman is he the must smallest. get that a lot. <laughs> right, right, right. I think that anyone yes, could have made yes. that mistake. Um, and. The only other person I know besides Logan Roy, the patriarch, is Cousin Greg. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cousin Greg is really important. There are a lot of people who are thirsty yes. for him. Yes. In a, um, I would describe as more predictable way Ooh. due to the fact that he is um, enormous. He's just so tall and he looks like he, well, they all look, look like they have trust funds, but he looks like he's been on a, like he knows how to sail a boat or something. Mm-hmm. Like that's really all I can say. He looked like he failed at a warden. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a yes. good, that's a good yes. description. He does read to me as the one I would be most likely to be able to have a beer with, but mm-hmm. that is a low bar. I, yeah. Um. So you said the thirst for Cousin Greg is predictable, but your thirst for Kendall Roy is not predictable. And would it be safe to assume that Kendall's your favorite character? And if so, (laughs) please explain why. (laughs) My thirst for Kendall is nuanced and special. No. Um, (laughs) What can I say about Kendall Roy? He... um, I would say he is my favorite character. He's the one that I'm rooting for the most. I... My outlook at with Succession is that I, everyone sucks, and so I love them all. And it's kind of one of those things where I decided that I wanted to have a lot of fun watching the show, so I kind of root for all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, there's something about Kendall that I really love in that he is always trying very hard and always failing. Like, he <laughs> fails constantly. Um mm-hmm. And I think that that makes him pathetic and it makes yeah. me want to protect him. And I know that I'm not alone. I know that that is, and we'll explain this a little bit more, but that is why so many people refer to him as their baby girl. Mm-hmm. I will say that describing someone as pathetic has never um, quite triggered a thirst reaction in, in me. So I I'm think it's a new thing. I really do. See, I, think- I do too. We will get into that more, but yeah. I think it's a new thing as well. Um, before we get into that, I've said before on this show, we have a thirst channel here at Slate in our Slack that will probably be the villain origin story of someone one day. But surprisingly to me, at least the Roy family comes up pretty often, 
even though my general impression of this show from, again, the four episodes I've watched and the many tweets and TikToks I've seen is that the show is not super horny. And yet it inspires a lot of thirst. And I have a question, which is why... Why? That's a great question. There's not a lot of conventional romance subplots on the show. Um, The only marriages that exist are ones that fail. Um, And that's not a spoiler. Just like you, they do. Like you start out by knowing that Logan Roy, this patriarch, has repeatedly failed in marriage, but he's great at business. Um, And Kendall has extreme divorce energy because he is, in fact, divorced. Um, But there's just very little actual romance on the show and a lot, a lot of subtext. And I, Mm. what's fascinating about that is that it is a show where there are a lot of people like quietly staring at each other. Um, And there's Mm. a lot, there are a lot of boardroom scenes. There are a lot of like business deals going on. And I think those have a lot of tension associated with them. Mm -hmm. But again, I think that because, you know, the show is so serious And with the comedy, you can, like, take an inch and run a mile. The same thing goes for the, like, romantic tension. You see something tiny and suddenly it's 1,000 different gifts. Like, that's just kind of how the internet Mm. reacts to it. Um, But it's not actually, like, I highly doubt that Adam McKay and Will Ferrell, like, in (laughs) producing the show were ever, like... Let's let's get everyone like really worked up about business people. Um, I don't think that that was the intent at all. That is really funny. And I would like to know how the show's creators feel about these characters being thirsted over. So if you know them or if you're one of them listening to the show. Hello. Also. <laughs> Email me. But that is a funny thing that happens with shows that don't have a lot of romantic text is that they somehow become the horniest shows because so many people are reading into subtext because so much eroticism is in the subtext. Um, Which brings us to this incredible tweet um, that you, you quote last week. Before we get into it, I do want to start with a kind of etymology discussion. Within the past, I would say three months... Three months feels right, but also I don't know what time is anymore. But let's say three months. I have noticed this new phrase entering the thirst lexicon, which we just talked about. We already know about violent thirst of the run me over with your car variety. We all know her. We're familiar with her. We could we we know her name. But now there's quote baby girl thirst, which weirdly seems to almost exclusively apply to men. One, for example, is Pedro Pascal, a recent episode topic who mm-hmm. I would who I feel is safely a baby girl. Yeah. What do you think where do you think this comes from? And what phenomenon do you think it's trying to capture? Yeah, I definitely think that it is new. And when I, I think Pedro Pascal and, and Jeremy Strong or Kendall Roy are different kinds of baby girls because I think you wanna protect Pedro from bad things but he's not necessarily Mm -hmm. like pathetic like he doesn't need it it would just be like an honor to -hmm. protect him but Mm -hmm. actually a dm that i got from some random person uh when i was soliciting you know definitions of baby girl someone said kendall roy is not my baby girl don draper is but good luck (laughs) um and I said, oh, why is, first of all, what? First of all, why is Mad Men 
entered the chat. Um, yeah, I mean, it's about business. It's about men in right. suits. <laughs> right. Um, but this person brought up that Don Draper is someone who, like, seems very successful on the outside, but is coping with a lot of, like, internal failures and that makes people especially I the people I talked to for my story were just 99% like 18 to 30 year old women um Mm -hmm. and it's like it's almost like with men who fail watching them kind of triggers this like kind of mothering instinct um and I don't listen Freud close your ears but like I don't I think it comes from a place of like love rather than eroticism initially like I do think that people Mm. feel like very protective of these characters especially Kendall um who like no spoilers but just time after time failing 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 um so I think that baby girl I won't say that it's like a a feminist for women to kind of be turning the tables and want to protect men but like also maybe it kind of is like maybe we're just entering the cycle of like kind of reclaiming the um urge to protect I I don't know I'm really I feel it too and I can't explain it yeah (laughs) exactly it's this interesting shift that's almost the my precious cinnamon roll that's too Mm, good mm -hmm. for this world but Uh, like a tiny nuance away from that like there's a bit i'm gonna describe this in recipe terms so there's like a dash of the precious cinnamon roll there's a dash of the caretaker instinct and then there's like a huge heaping portion of failure makes people vulnerable and i think more than anything women love to see men vulnerable, which I think also why Baby Girl applies to Pedro Pascal, because he just seems emotionally available. Yeah. Whereas Kendall Roy does not strike me as someone who's emotionally available. Again, I haven't seen the show, but through his failure, he's cracked open. Yes. Not not by his own choice. Yes. He's not emotionally available, but he is emotional. Mm -hmm. And he has, this is the other thing is that, you know, as a, as a brown eye haver, uh, I'm a big advocate Wait, for people <laughs> people who have like these brown like puppy dog eyes who just like mm. naturally look sad. I'm like, finally my time to shine. Um, but I <laughs> people compared Kendall Roy's eyes to you know, puppy eyes, basset hound eyes, Aww. like just this. You can see so much emotion in them, and it's all very sad. And the fact that he is vulnerable not to other characters but like to the camera as Mm -hmm. he's acting kind of opens the door for that relationship um not of like people who think he's real or anything like that but they just like they want to create content um Mm -hmm. surrounding him because they 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 feel like an attachment and sometimes it's people do relate like it's not just necessarily like he is my baby and I need to protect him. It's like, he is my baby because I see myself in him. And Mm. I think that I have this hunch that people are becoming less afraid of being cringe now as we are like, yeah, we're like, yes. Like it just feels like that used to be the worst thing in the world like a year ago. And now it feels like people are not so afraid of it. And so to watch Kendall be cringe on television is kind of, cathartic instead of just like Mm -hmm. you gross 
I don't want to see that. It's like, oh, maybe I can process my emotions and my feelings of failure and my bad relationships with my family through this fictional middle-aged man. (laughs) There's, yeah, this almost return to earnestness that I've noticed on the internet that I'm really fascinated by because I grew up in the earnest era of Tumblr where people... There was a lot of sarcasm, but there was also a lot of pure emotion. And that honestly makes a lot of sense for Kendra Roy and, you know, his kind of baby girl journey. Yeah. So we know that the show was pitched as a King Lear for the media industrial complex, which is just a fascinating sentence to say. And if we're to kind of keep with the Shakespearean themes, Kendall reads to me as a sort of Hamlet figure, or as my producer Daisy described him, the moody boy we see our story through, which is one of the most earnest, you're putting your hand over your heart, it's one of the most earnest (laughs) descriptions of a character that people are attracted to, that kind of pure angst that I think we all related to as teenagers, but as portrayed by, as you said, a middle-aged man who just wants his dad's business and love yes i have this okay if i may be earnest for a moment which i feel you've created please please do such a space space space. (laughs) yes but i feel like this is such a succession is such a tumblr show like it is the kind of show Mm. that people break down and analyze and they just go like full english major on it and i think that like bear with me but I think in the same way that people are obsessed with like breaking down and like analyzing a lot of what like Taylor Swift does they also do with the show and so I feel like it's like this complicated way of letting young people dig into a text think about their emotions draw comparisons to figures in literature I had a lot of people compare him to Hamlet I got Oedipus I got Sisyphus, I got Princess Diana, you know, all of these like... Wow. <laughs> Princess Diana is not necessarily literature, but she is definitely uh, she, a hero. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so people are just doing this analysis of him. And I think that also helps kind of open your heart to a character is when you spend so much time um, analyzing them. And there's also this very famous... Kendall Roy fan cam set to Antihero by Taylor Swift. I was just about to bring this up. (laughs) It makes me laugh every time because it's so true. Like, this is how people see him. (laughs) He's the problem. It's him. He's the problem. So you mentioned that Taylor Swift Antihero fan cam. You also put that in that thread when you were calling out for people to talk to you about why they considered Kendall Roy a baby girl. Which is a perfect segue into my next few questions about the overwhelming response you got. But before we do that, we need to take a short break. When we come back, Kelsey is going to give us a sneak peek into her DMs over the past week, which have been um, conservatively a party. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split screen, 
Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. Hi, y'all. Hope you're enjoying today's show. If this is your first time listening to ICYMI, then welcome. We're thrilled to have you here. In case you missed it, our show comes out twice a week on Wednesdays and Saturdays. So make sure you never miss an episode like this past Wednesdays, which was a special live show from Copenhagen. I spoke to Lucia Odom, a host of a Danish pop culture podcast about growing up on the internet and our respective rivalry as teen emo punk stars. So you don't want to miss it. And we're back. Usually I try to come back from the break with something clever, but I'm not even going to try and do that because as no one would be surprised to learn, there is nothing I love more than shared thirst or shared obsession over a character. Nothing bonds you quicker to somebody. So I feel like your DMs had to have been the most fun place on the internet over the past week, which rarely happens when you're an internet culture reporter. So please oh tell gosh. me. Tell me yes. about the responses. What's the most surprising thing you heard? What made you like, you know, when you kind of start kicking your feet and giggling because you're so enamored with the character, what made you do that? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I, you know, it was very beautiful to see so many young women become so like vulnerable about their love for mm -hmm. a character. It really reminded me, it honestly reminded me of my like childhood. Um, like I haven't felt a love so pure <laughs> in such yeah. a long time. Meanwhile, this is like, again, just 40 year old dude who's not real <laughs> is the reason that we're all being brought together. Um, I just, there are so many, so many comparisons. I had to literally like Google oedipus rex to understand this one person's dm i really love the amount of classic literature that's being brought up in your dms that's how no, i know truly. that you're surrounded by people who are nerds and i love them they're my kind of yes, people <laughs> exactly this person said i remember my lit class sat there and argued for an hour about whether or not oedipus rex was a victim of the fates themselves or a victim of fate in his own making kendall is this mess of contradictions he is his own worst enemy he's intelligent and astute but so messed up who can blame him um <laughs> I that that just again the references the way specific like lexicon the specific language and cadence just reminds me of tumblr so much yes. like it's such a like there's a specific way of analyzing a character that is so tumblr mm -hmm. like inflected that i love keep telling yes. me more oh my gosh there was one that mentioned capitalism Ooh. That inescapable Sisyphean sadness he feels, the hollowness and exhaustion and guilt that hits so close to home for so many under capitalism, under patriarchy, under a neurotypical society, any kind of oppression. It's like a lot of us are quite literally set up to feel like we can never do it right. And yet there's a hope to him where he keeps trying. You can see that he wants to do the right thing. He keeps trying to do the right thing. And then they quoted, uh, this is me trying by Taylor Swift. The whole time in a world built partially by his father where he's not supposed to try. I just... Also, the fact that this is being drawn out again by a 40-year-old white male character who has all on paper the world at his feet, basically... <laughs> I love it. I love it. He literally he literally could quit and just be absolutely set for life. I always say, if I were a Nepo baby, I would be chilling. Listen, I don't need to be famous. I don't need you to know who I am. I would be out 
there living my life. But Kendall Roy chooses not to do that. And that apparently is very relatable to a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) Any more favorite responses? Oh my gosh. Oh, hold on. There was there was one that's like, we've all been there. And it's like, no, we absolutely haven't. <laughs> Basically, he is just such a damsel. Somehow he was always in distress and is constantly going through the ringer, but he keeps trying his best, which most of the time is really poor decision making and everyone laughs at him. He's just so delicate and my baby girl and I'm rooting for him. He's the people's princess, like Princess <sighs> Diana to me. So delicate. The sweetness. The sweetness. The sweetness. I haven't seen this show. So I ca- I cannot do like do you agree with these? <laughs> um I struggle to see where he is similar to Princess Diana. Um I do I am rooting for him. Um I'm not sure that he deserves all of this praise, <laughs> but I am rooting for him. It's like, it's like, do I agree? No, but do I want to? Will I choose to make that my reality? Absolutely. Mm, Absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of fandom. That takes mm-hmm. me to my next question, which is that sometimes, most of the times, we as writers enter a story with, you know, a hypothesis in mind. We, we have an idea of what's going to happen. Do you feel like your hypothesis about the baby girling of Kendall Roy was proven correct? Or were you surprised? I think it was proven correct beyond my wildest dreams. I think that there's also something that I haven't quite touched on, which is that young women see so much of their trajectory Mm. in Kendall Roy. Like, not only do they say, I can fix him, I can take care of him, but there's something about trying really hard to stand up to the status quo and failing or not being taken seriously. There's this in-joke I don't actually know if it's a joke. I think it's actually dead serious within the <laughs> fandom about Kendall being a girl boss. Um, and it's like, well, he he was kind of standing up to his dad and the way things have always been. And we see a lot of his failure in like the failures of a lot of those girl boss corporations. Um and I've always kind of had a problem with the word, word girl boss because there's not like a male equivalent. Like there's no way to make fun of men with in the same mm-hmm. way. But like you literally can just also call them a girl boss because that is what Kendall Roy is. <laughs> um, so seeing the so many teenagers especially um, have their experiences reflected through him. I think that's just absolutely beautiful. Chef's kiss. So how much of the Kendall Roy standum do you think emerges from what feels like the really strong Kindleness of Jeremy Strong, the actor who plays Kendall Roy? Like his extreme method acting reads as very try hard, which feels like Kendall Roy. And then he cites like Russian literature in all of his interviews, which also is this combination of soft boy and try hard that gives going to Yale... You know? Yeah. (laughs) He definitely wants you to know he's smart. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess the thing about Jeremy Strong is that we know that he is a method actor and that it often annoys people, including, you know, Brian Cox, who plays Logan Roy, his dad. Um, Lots of people have complained about it, but um, I love a weirdo. And if a weirdo is not hurting anyone, then that's fine. And, And he definitely embodies Kendall so well 
by trying so hard. <laughs> like he really wants you to believe that he's Kendall. Like Kendall really wants you to believe that he's trying. And I mean, it works. He's won two Emmys for playing Kendall. The critics love it. The girlies love it. Uh, the baby girls. The baby all girls. Of us. That just makes me wonder if all of his interviews are part of the method acting. I feel like this can't be a profound realization that I'm having and that all the <laughs> all the all the Kinderboy girlies are like, yes, catch up. But <laughs> listen, is Jeremy playing Kendall or is Kendall playing Jeremy? No, That's exactly. The question. <laughs> what if yeah. he comes out after this show is over and is just a surfer dude? Like what if he's just a completely <laughs> different person? <laughs> He's like, I'm actually extremely calm. I don't know why you guys were so worked out earlier. (laughs) No, I can't imagine this man has ever had a moment of peace, which also makes me like him more. Which also feels very Kendall Roy. Yeah, same. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Do you feel like, this is my profound question, do you feel like the baby girling of Kendall says anything about our society at large? And to be clear, it does not have to. Sometimes people are just horny, but I wish to pose this question to you. (laughs) Um, I do. I do think so. I think that it, it is kind of empowering, I think, as a woman who is a fan of a man to kind of treat them flip the script so i don't need some like big strong man to protect me like i will Mm. do the protecting of like the sweet little guy and it's not that deep like that really is the whole kind of thing um i always go into shows really wanting to like naturally wanting to root for the woman to win like naturally come on um so really i have been on a journey with kendall but um I know I'm not the only one who thinks that this is kind of a craving for for earnestness and uh, for vulnerability mm. that he provides us with. And if I could, like, remove anything from Internet culture with a snap of my fingers, it's I want people to stop being so afraid of being cringe. So I guess more power to him. <laughs> I'm on board with the message. Mm, it does feel like, yeah, the standing of Kendall Roy is a piece of the thing we're kind of pointing at, which is this new embrace of cringiness or earnestness or corniness, which I adore. I adore it as well. So you sent this tweet out because you're working on a story and you got hundreds of responses for your story, but the story's not happening anymore. Someone, um, very shortly after I published the tweet, someone beat me to the story, which... You know, it's not an entirely groundbreaking story. The baby girls, we are legion. There are dozens of us. Um, So that's fine. I am going to write about Kendall and his online supporters at some point, probably a little bit later in the season, once he's had more time to fail Um, and (laughs) kind of examine uh, not what happens in the show as much as like how people interact with him so again it's like spoiler free um we are doing more of a study of the psyche of his fans and we are like his actual character although Mm. 
anytime someone wants to explain why they wrote him this way, I am open to hearing it. <laughs> Adam McKay, hello. <laughs> yes, call me. Call me. My last question, which is not a spoiler because it hasn't happened yet, but how do you think our baby girl is going to fare? How do you think Kendall's story ends? Or how do you think we see his story end? I don't think things are going to be good for our baby girl. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think things are going to be good for any character in particular, that's kind of the way the show is going. I will say one season finale really ended up on a really high note for him, and it just has never been the same since. One thing I'm obsessed with is reading Hunter Harris's uh, succession power rankings after every episode. It shows which characters are have the most power. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's like someone who's dressed very well. So it's not like they're always super, super deep, but they are super fun. And I think that we will see him at the bottom of the power (laughs) rankings. But in a way, that is very satisfying because it fits with his whole character arc. Um, Things didn't go great for Hamlet either. So what do you expect from a Shakespearean hero, but a little bit of tragedy? Uh, Maybe it'll... The only, yeah, no, I'm I'm trying to think of a single person whose succession might end well for, and it's like, probably no characters and definitely not the media. So. <laughs> I mean, are we always the true losers? <laughs> listen, listen, um, we can't, we can't catch a break. Here's an idea for any producers out there. Happy story about the media. <laughs> about the media. <laughs> Please lie about my job to make me feel better. <laughs> yeah, just a thought, just a just thought. thought. I mean, it sounds like you're saying that it may not end well for him, but he will perhaps be the most baby girl he's ever been. Yes, I I, I totally agree with you. He's going to reach peak baby girl potential and we will reach ultimate satisfaction, those of us who see him that yeah. way. And in that way, Kendall may not be happy, but the rest of us will be. So true. So true. All right, that is the show. We'll be back in your feed on Saturday, so please subscribe. It is the best way to never miss an episode, to never miss a dissertation on the baby girlification of Kinder Roy. Please leave a rating and review on Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. Tell your baby girls about us. You can follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod, which is also where you can DM us your questions like, why is everyone horny for this sad 40-year-old man? And you can also always drop us a note at ICYMI at slate.com. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader, Rachel Hampton, and Sierra Spragley-Ricks. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer, and Alicia Montgomery is Slate's VP of audio. See you online. Or in a boardroom. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.